Hey everybody, welcome to The Light Angle. Today is January 10th, 2023, and my name is Jack. Hello everybody. I hope you finished 2022 well. I am sorry and apologize for not coming out with an episode since November. Oh my goodness, I have been delinquent. I apologize. Let me bring you up to speed and what has gone on in the life of Jack and Kia. So, we, as you all know, we uh, travel. We have a kind of a fluid ministry, if you will. Uh, but thankfully, I've been blessed with uh, a job that allows me to pick up and travel. So we left Wisconsin and headed south. Uh, and for me, I went back to Wisconsin and headed south again, and then went back to Wisconsin and headed south again. So I was going back and forth from Tennessee to Wisconsin numerous times this fall and early winter. Uh, and then during the holidays, I got sick, not once, but twice, uh, along with traveling to see family and friends. And it was just nonstop. I couldn't catch my breath. So finally, I am here in Tennessee for the next few months throughout the winter. Uh, my wife is still running around visiting family that she didn't get to uh, during the holidays. But, um, but yeah, so we're here we are stationary for a moment in time and uh, we are able to have luxuries such as free time to perform a podcast. So again, my apologies um, over the holidays. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you had a good New Year's um, and yeah, I hope you behave yourselves. So what is, uh, what is going on with the light angle? Well, the lighting is going to keep moving forward. There was something I learned last year in putting out oh, over 100 episodes in one year. And as you all know, it kind of tapered off towards the end. And uh, that was, you know, like I just explained, partly to do because of the travel and life getting in the way. Uh, but also a big part of it, and I realized later, uh, was the information we were sharing on the show. Um if you don't know, when you surround yourself by evil and when you dive into, you know, regurgitating uh, bad news and things going on in the world, it eats you after it eats at you after a while. And after a while, you just don't want to do it anymore. Uh, so moving forward in 2023, uh, the light angle isn't going to be about the bad stuff going on in the world. If you want to read that, I can give you all sorts of links and places to look it up and learn as you go. But I think at this point, we can see that there is a playing field, which is called Earth. And there are two sides. There is one side that has completely walked away from what I think, at least here in the West, uh, knew as morals um, and knew as what is the difference between right and wrong. That has been completely muddied and depending on where you go, most big cities now are turning it over so that, you know, what was once wrong is now right. Uh, and then you have rural America, which is still very conservative. <clears throat> and I'm not talking about politics here. I'm just talking about the lay of the land. But uh, there is definitely a uh, uh, sharp divide between the two players of this game we call life. And I think, you know, well, I know that uh, scripture tells us at least that uh, we are supposed to be aware of the signs of the times. Uh, I'm no prophet. I'm not claiming to be. And I am very leery about those who say they are. 
In most cases, I do not believe they are. And if they are, they're not a prophet of my God. But um, <clears throat> I think we are supposed to be aware of what is going on in the world around us. And we're supposed to be, um, you know, acting accordingly as Christians, as, you know, we move forward in this world we're living in. Um, <clears throat> things aren't going to get better from this point. Um, there's already wars going on, some of which you're not even hearing about. Uh, there are spiritual wars going on everywhere. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those spiritual wars are within the school. Uh, politics is just a mess. Uh, I can't even begin to explain. You can look at the headlines, go to Google News, go to any news place you want to, and just read some of the headlines, and you know, you'll get a pretty, pretty clear picture. On top of that, we have disease and famine everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but I'm also serious. I mean, for the first time in history, uh, people are just falling down and dying. Uh, their hearts stop working. And these are young people that it's happening to. Um, and it's really been brought to our attention recently with some football players. Well, one specifically that, you know, just fell out. And the strange thing is, is we're being told one thing when that thing that we're being told doesn't make sense. Um, it's almost like we're being lied right to our faces. And then there are other situations, especially overseas, uh, where this has been ongoing. Uh, so we had one football player, uh, whose heart stopped within the last two weeks on the football field. Uh, what you probably haven't heard is that in the past 12 months, in just the past 12 months, 304 soccer players overseas have had the same thing happen. And while soccer is somewhat of a contact sport, it's nothing like the NFL. So anyway, my point is, is stuff is happening. Stuff is going on. Things that are way out of our control, the people that we used to rely on to provide us the information and the news, well, they're not providing it. They're providing more or less a story or a, to an agenda. Um, whether you like that or not, whether you believe me or not, I mean, you know, so be it. That's really what it is. I don't know how you could argue it otherwise. But anywho, this is the world we're living in. And this is what is uh, going on. And this is what scripture tells us we should be aware of. So in Matthew 24, chapter three, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 24, verses three through 31, it says the signs of the times and the end of the age. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That's key right there, folks. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Uh, verse 9, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because, of law and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 15 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, 
whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. So I need to make a mental note there. My Honda VFR has to stay in the garage. It's, it is what it is. All right. Verse 19. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days are, were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. The fall, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. There, if they, look, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For, who, where, for wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other all right y'all so this is not going to be all doom and gloom i promise it is not in fact if you read this and read it from beginning to the end i mean it has a happy ending i mean this is what we're looking for we're looking for the son of man we're looking for jesus christ but we have a lot to go through before then and some people much wiser some teachers that i follow uh, believe maybe we're getting close to it. I don't know. Maybe we have another 2000 years. Maybe we have 10 more. I don't know, but we should be acting and walking as though it's coming sooner than later. That's what we should be. People 500 years ago should have been doing that too. And a lot of them were. So instead of living in fear, instead of walking around looking for these false prophets and stuff, let's instead work for God and for one another. Let's act as Christians are supposed to be, right? So that's going to be the show moving forward throughout 2023 and forward. I'm not going to go through all the nasty in the news. I might bring up some headlines if they're interesting or some oohs and ahs if something's going on. You know, if I mean, if you know, two weird guys show up in the Middle East and they're at the Wailing Wall and they start preaching in Hebrew, I might talk about it. You know, that's pretty interesting. And it's also, you know, <laughs> prophecy. And anyway, if stuff happens, yeah, we'll talk about it. But my focus is not going to be on the doom and gloom and all the evil in the world. You can look up that anywhere. You can actually go into any city or any town and probably see some of it. So um, you go ahead and do that if that's what you want. There's other podcasts that'll talk about it. This won't be one of them. Instead, what we're going to be doing is we're going to talk about some of the good news. We're going to talk about other people that we can look upon as an example of walking in Christ. And I have just two of those people right here. So before I get into this article, 
And, uh, you know, obviously I'm just going to go over one article tonight. This will probably be a weekly podcast moving forward. And, uh, you know, if I find, you know, a bunch of good news and a bunch of articles, we'll talk about them. If I only find one, I only find one. But um, my point is, is, uh, you know, I think for a long time, Christianity in the United States uh, has been more focused on what denomination you're in and the color of robe or whatever, or how many candles or whatever, all the specific denominational stuff in the United States. Uh, we're reaching a point where we have to find unity um, between within the church. Um, the church itself, if you look it up, started about 400 years after Christ ascended to heaven. All right. Um, before that, it was all home churches. It was people having fellowship together. There was no, you know, some of the crazy stuff that some denominations do. There was, there was none of that. It was fellowship. It was eating a meal together, talking about scripture, going over it, bettering one another, holding each other accountable for their sins, you know, and walking forward in Christ as they live their lives. That is, in my belief, what we're going to have to kind of come back to. We can squabble all we want about the Baptists or the, you know, the Presbyterians or the Catholics or whatever you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all working to the same goal, and that's seeing the return of Jesus Christ. If we don't work together towards that same goal, we are not going to be able to bring others who don't know Christ to this family of ours. Um, so that needs to be a focus of all of ours. Put aside your little differences and stuff, and instead... Focus on, on having a meal. Maybe sharing in communion with one another. I know, that's crazy. I know there are certain denominations that if you aren't a member of the church and if you don't do this and this and this, you cannot share in the body of Christ and communion. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate. Aren't we supposed to be doing that as brothers and sisters? So anyway, all right, I'm done with that. Uh, this article is from the Christian Post. Yeah, they actually found some good news out of a really dark and horrible story. Um, so let me get into it. How two pastors saved the lives of 154 people during Buffalo's, Buffalo's blizzard of the century. Century, not century, century. Had it not been for a husband and wife team of pastors who kept the doors of their church open to help 154 people survive the historic winter storm that plummeted western New York just before Christmas, the death toll of at least 40 victims, mostly in Buffalo, could have been much higher. For Nip Nikki Tompkins Ray and her family, the obedient pastors, Al Robinson and his wife, Vivian, who leads Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry in Buffalo, turned a real-life nightmare before Christmas, in which they would have died, into a Christmas miracle. I want to give my flowers to the pastors, the thankful mother said in an emotional vi uh, video she posted on Facebook. She says, I am forever in debt to you, pastors. My family, our nightmare before Christmas, turned into a Christmas miracle. I thank you. I praise God for you, she added. Please pray for the families here in Buffalo whose family members did not make it through the storm. Tompkins Ray explained how she had left work on the evening of December 23rd and tried to get home to her family when she got trapped in her car in what New York Governor Kathy Hochul has called the blizzard of the century. Century. And that word's getting me. She said she called her children to tell them what happened, and they were determined not to let her mother die. 
She said her children, along with her sister and brother-in-law, left their home in the blizzard to rescue her. The eventual, they eventually found her in the storm, but when it was time to ta- for them to take her home in the vehicle they had traveled in, they realized it had gotten stuck too, and the city had no emergency service that could help. Unfortunately, the fire and police department couldn't get to anyone, you know. I somewhat understand that because there's people in worse situations than my children and I. So we made the decision like, okay, we got to get this car out of here. If we stay in this car, they going to find six bodies in this car, she recalled. Tompkins Ray said her daughter posted their location on social media to get help. And someone told them that they were not far from Spirit of Truth Urban Ministry, located on 115 Gold Street, about half a mile from William and Green Street, where their vehicle was stuck. We, as a family, bundled up what we had in the car and walked from William and Green Street to this church on Gold Street in the midst of this blizzard. I mean, like during this time where this blizzard was, the wind was blowing, there was so much snow, it was just unbelievable. Something like you would see in a movie, she said. The desperate mother said they had to depend on GPS to know where they were because the street signs were completely covered with snow. She says it was unbelievable. We were walking, we were falling, and we were picking each other up. They encouraged themselves by telling each other that they were almost at the church. They felt even more hope when they saw the lights of the church in an area where most people had lost power. I was like, oh my goodness, I see lights. You see the lights? And my daughter called Miss Vivian and she opened up the doors. Let me tell you, when this woman opened up her door, I see nothing but an angel. Tompkins Ray said, tearing up. She got us situated, made us warm, pulled out beds. This is the same church that my cousin just recently had his funeral at. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't sound exciting. But anyway, I was just there a few months ago, not knowing that this is the same church that opened up their doors to let my family in during the storm. Tompkins Ray said she suffered the early stages of frostbite. It was so bad her pants had actually frozen to her skin. She said she and her family stayed at the church from 3 a.m. on Christmas Eve until Christmas Day, and she watched as the pastors kept saving life after life by opening up their church to complete strangers. When I say we got there, it was probably just maybe nine of us. By the time we left on Christmas Day, after the church had opened up their doors, there were over 100 people. Miss Vivian stated that she never did anything like this before. She stated to me, she was like, you know, I was in my bed asleep and something. God spoke to me and said, open up the doors of your church. And she did. The amount of people that we met through the storm, I probably wouldn't have met any of these folks ever in my life. We had people of all different races and we were all in the same situation. In an interview with the Christian Post on Monday, Pastor Al Robinson called the loss of life from the storm catastrophic. But, he, but said he and his wife want the world to see the glory of God in the saving of 154 lives. We did this to show the glory of God. We wanted people to see embers turning into a roaring inferno of light of Jesus Christ. We wanted people to see the light of Christ, the love of Christ. It's just we are his hands and feet. That's all we are. He recalled some of the graphic scenes of the people they were unable to say, save. We saw people frozen on the sidewalks, people frozen in their cars. We saw cars running with dead bodies in them from carbon monoxide poisoning. Some people tried to rescue people from the street who they thought had merely fainted and tried to resuscitate them only to realize they were already dead. It was just this catastrophic loss of life. 
The pastor and his wife, who live on the campus of their church, are both in their mid-50s. They have nine children and eight grandchildren. Prior to the storm, they were planning to host a large family gathering and had stocked up on about two weeks of food. They also had several beds stored on the property that they that were re- removed from one of the church's addiction treatment facilities, which they recently sold. Pastor Robinson said he believes that the availability of food, beds, and power at the church during the storm was divinely orchestrated. It's so crazy. All these things do really do work for the good of those who are called into the love of God, he said. And a painful period would uh, later erupt in a level of praise at the church on Christmas Day that Robinson said he had never experienced before. I will tell you one thing. On Christmas Day, those people that were those 154 that were here were singing the praises of Christ. And they had the, they had the gift of life given to them by Jesus Christ himself. It gives me goosebumps, and I'm about to just go into a praise break, he said. It was a level of gratitude that I've never, ever seen. You don't see gratitude like that in this day and age. You just don't see it. People expect you to be doing something for them. That's their attitude. But it's their right that you do something for them, he said. I saw a level of gratitude. My soul felt a level of gratitude that I have never seen in my life. So that's the end of the story. It's pretty amazing. And, (laughs) you know, it shouldn't be. There's a horrible storm outside. People are caught in the storm. They're stuck. You would think of all places a church would be the one to open the doors. But apparently that's not the case. I can speak from our own experience here. Yeah, all the way down in Tennessee, it was two degrees Christmas morning when we woke up. And uh, my wife was volunteering with the local coalition, and there were only two churches out of the 104 in this town that opened their doors to people in need. We ended up serving and, you know, we had food and all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is that it seems like sometimes the body of Christ isn't exactly the body of Christ. The point I'm making is that, you know, we all need to do better. We all need to put more effort into helping those who do not have. If the things are going to get worse, uh, then people... Are going to be hungrier there's going to be more people without homes there's going to be more people without food that might be you you might be listening to this now all good to go but it might change my point is is if we're going to say we're christians if we're going to you know do that thing and go to church on sunday we need to understand real quickly that uh sunday uh also ends with day which every other day of the week does and we need to carry that throughout the week just something to think about. Chew on that. Be like these two pastors who open some doors. That's all it takes. Open up some doors. Maybe a can of beans. Good to go. Help folks out. All right. That's all I have for this week, y'all. I feel like I've rambled a lot, but it's probably only been like, what, 20 minutes? Anyway, so that's all you're going to get this week. So you got to wait till next week to get in our show. That's all right. But <laughs> let me pray for you, though, so we can all get throughout this week together. Father God, thank you for bringing us to a new year. Help us all focus on starting this new year by serving you and our communities. Put a hunger in each one of us to focus less on ourselves and more on shining the light of Christ to the world around us. More than ever, this world needs that light. We give you praise and thanks for the blessings we have received and for the trials and tribulations ahead that you will bring us through. Give us the strength and courage we'll need to endure. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of The Light Angle. But remember, we each have a purpose that's much greater than making a few extra dollars, feeding a temptation, or getting the last word in on a social media post. It all starts with two simple things, loving our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Hope always starts with a little light in the darkness. Oh.